This is Lisa Miller and Associates, Florida Insurance Roundup, your podcast on the people, issues, and regulations shaping Florida's insurance market. Now, here's Lisa Miller. Welcome, friends. The Florida legislature failed to pass further insurance consumer protections in its regular session earlier this year. I was there every day working with soldiers, like many of you listening to this podcast, trying to stress that if we don't do something, it's going to get worse. Here we are a few months later, and it's worse. The Florida Senate tried. They sent some very meaningful bills to the House of Representatives, but in the end, the House chose not to hear any of them. I remember sitting in the gallery and watching on the last hours, wishing something would happen, but it didn't. So we've seen a further deterioration of the state's dire property insurance market, and dire is the term used by several of our state leaders. We have more double-digit rate increases, less consumer choice, and more carriers are becoming insolvent or simply saying we're not going to be in this market anymore. While the governor has ordered a special legislative session on property insurance late May, it will start May 23rd, regulators with the Florida Office of Insurance Regulation, OIR, and the Florida Building Commission have since taken matters in their own hands, and we applaud them for doing that. They've implemented new policy to allow roof deductibles that are optional to policyholders, ease the existing material matching requirements and repairs, and one of our guests can talk about that, and approved mandatory arbitration clauses in insurance policies. We are seeing um, regulators who are listening to the market and know that they've got to help in some small way until the legislature perhaps will do the big fix. They're also considering further measures, including making exceptions to the state's 25% roof repair replacement rule, and one of our guests will talk about that as well. Will these new regulations make a difference in rewriting or our ailing property insurance market? Will regulations succeed where legislation failed? And what more needs to be done, especially now that the problem is impacting Florida's real estate market? We'll tackle those questions and lots more, and we appreciate you taking the time to be one of our listeners today on the Florida Insurance Roundup. Today we have Ron Assis, Senior Vice President of Horton Personal Insurance in beautiful Estero, Florida, Lee County. It's part of the Horton Group of Chicago, and Ron is a property and auto and just general property insurance expert, employee benefits, and the firm also is a risk advisory firm. He's a 40-year veteran of the insurance industry and a certified insurance counselor and certified personal insurance counselor. Ron, thank you so much for joining us today. Glad to be here. And we have Whitney Dutton, and Whitney is the owner of the Dutton Group at Remax First, a full-service real estate agency in beautiful Fort Lauderdale. His firm was the number one realtor in Fort Lauderdale in total transactions last year, so he is one busy man. Whitney grew up in the realty business and knows firsthand the impact high property insurance premiums are having on new home buyers and current homeowners paying their mortgages. Welcome to our show, Whitney. Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Both of you have got these very distinguished careers in your respective industries. I want to start with Ron and have Ron tell us we've got hurricane season right around the corner June 1st. Your phones are ringing off the hook. Customers are upset. Their rates are up. Asking you to go out and quote something different. Is there anything different? What is the day in the life of someone like you and your many team members who are trying to keep customers happy in this crazy market? 
Well, you certainly hit the nail on the head. Um, our, our clients are, are definitely uh, disturbed and disrupted by all that's happening in the market. Um, I will say, as, as dire a situation as we're in, there still continues to be, depending on location, there still continues to be capacity in the market, uh, particularly in, in certain parts of Florida. Uh, but at the end of the day, clients are very disrupted when they get a when they get their bill and it's 20 or 25 or 30 percent more than it was last year um it is helping that this is also newsworthy you know if they turn on the news or or look at the internet they're likely going to see uh, a lot of information about uh, the disrupted market in florida uh but at the end of the day um they're just not ready for that type of increase and it's 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 quite disturbing to uh you know to, to existing clients and certainly uh, from Whitney's world, uh, anyone buying a property, particularly those that aren't from Florida, who are used to, you know, fifteen hundred dollar property premiums in the mid in the Midwest or somewhere else, and they come here and it's three thousand or four thousand or five thousand, it's it's sticker shock indeed. Wow, I can't imagine. And I know customers are angry. I have had the privilege of visiting in insurance agency offices, and I leave there wishing I could do more. So I. I know it's hard. I can't imagine what your team goes through. Whitney, I'm sure you're in the same boat. You've got sticker shock with people that can't, they see these real estate prices going through the roof, no pun intended or pun intended. They're on top of that. They're looking, how am I going to, how am I going to pay this property insurance bill for this, this transaction? Are you, do you hear that chatter when you go to closing tables? What's it like to be a day in the life of Whitney Dutton? That's a good question. And Really, it comes a few different ways. So first, it comes in, like Ron was saying, sticker shock, somebody moving. 30% of my customers last year moved from out of state. We did, as, as people have kind of read or you've experienced, we received a lot of net migration from out of state. So initially, that sticker shock being number one, really throwing off what happens when people get a loan, they use the, the lender uses the debt-to-income ratio in order to qualify them for a purchase. And when the debt to income gets offset by one, two, three, four thousand dollars of swings from insurance quotes, um, that can really put a damper on someone's ability to purchase a home or to be competitive when trying to bid on property, which is so common right now. Um, it comes in a second form of after you purchase the home. So everybody pushes to get this home to the closing table, including insurance agents, including companies like Ron. But what happens is, the, they come around within 60 to 90 days and they do a quality control check sent out by insurance companies that are not citizens. The insurance companies are determining whether they want to continue to insure that property. Um, whether it be the roof is too old, they require replacement or they're dropped. They require changes to the trees in your neighborhood. They require changes to other things throughout the property or else they simply will drop you. When that happens, you're forced to take the policy given to you by citizens, the property insurer of last resort, at a very alarming um, insurance quote, an increase that you're now left and forced to actually accept. It gets added right onto that monthly mortgage payment because, of course, your lender requires you to carry that insurance in order to um, stay in compliance with your loan. So it can come in forms of getting the property after you buy it, getting sticker shock. Or, you know, on a third way that it comes is simply just getting dropped without any notice whatsoever from insolvency due to a lot of these companies that are just getting out of the market. So um, I get a lot of those phone calls. Um, I get a lot of the 
um, frustration. Um, I simply used to just be able to blame Ron in the insurance industry. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. But it was, you know, they looked to Ron first to say, well, what are you doing? And Ron's hands are completely tied. Um, then they looked to us to why didn't you tell us that this was going to be happen? You know, you're our advisor. Um, you, we trusted you to let us know that, you know, what we were doing. And then they go after the lender who's writing down your loan estimates on how much your monthly payment's going to be. So, and it's, it's so clouded and, and you get hit from so many different angles that it's understandable where all this frustration comes from. So back to you, Ron, and we've heard the day in the life of Whitney and we know where you're coming from. Knowing that we've got a special session, knowing that we've got an opportunity and, and to try to encourage our state leaders to help us get this property market to a better place, not, not for just the property insurance world, but the real estate world and everybody else, because all roads lead to insurance. Ron, what do you see as some ideas that legislators should consider? If you were king for a day and you had the power of the legislative pen, what would you do? Well, Lisa, I, I think it's it's at least duplicitous, and, and certainly it all starts with roof reform uh, on the litigation side of things. We all know that that Florida is far and away the unfortunate leader in litigation when it comes to insurance claims. Uh, you know, approximately 116,000 insurance-related lawsuits last year um, versus less than a thousand for the rest of the country combined. Uh, so it 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 just starts with roof reform. And both what was proposed in Senate Bill 76 and then subsequently in 1728, this past session by the Senate, and then unfortunately not taken up by the House, uh, both of them addressed the idea that roofs of a certain age would no longer be replacement cost. They would go to a depreciated settlement amount, either by use of uh, a, a larger roof deductible or, or more likely uh, going to an actual actual cash value settlement or a roof payment schedule where the older the roof, the less the uh, insurance company would pay in a claim. Subsequently, really uh, making it not worth its while to uh, an attorney to go after an insurance company if they're going to get, let's say, 40 cents in the dollar as an example. So it really starts with roof reform. Uh, right now, someone with a 20-year-old roof is still going to get a replacement cost settlement, and it just uh, it makes it just a, a very fruitful ground for, for trial attorneys. Uh, the other reason that Florida is such a breeding ground for, for litigation are the statutes that exist in the first place. And, and th those would be the Florida is the only state in the nation uh, where if 25% of your roof is damaged, you'll get a whole new roof. Um, in addition, it's a matching state. So if you've got a, you know, whether it's shingle or tile, if you've got a, a roof and you've got, you know, even an insignificant portion of it damaged, yet it can't be matched, it can't, that, that material is no longer available, you're going to get a whole new roof. So insurance carriers are paying claims of, you know, $25,000, dollars $50,000, where the damage might be $1,000. So the statutes that exist that force that on, on the insurance industry, and then the, you know, the roof reform in general in terms of the settlement, the way we would settle a claim, those are the things that need to be addressed by the Senate and the House to really make a significant difference going forward. And you think that if we take away the incentive for the unscrupulous roofers who knock on the door, we all are familiar with it, those that are listening, even I see commercials on TV where 
reputable roofers, if you will, are warning people, don't answer your door when a solicitor comes to your door. You think if we can clamp down on some of that activity, Ron, it can make a big difference? Without question. Without question. The incentives go away for both uh, the roofers and the trial attorneys uh, that see big dollar signs when, when it's most likely probably wear and tear. Uh, and just a plain old older roof where someone should be, you know, taking care of the maintenance on their home like any other. Um, and yet the dollar signs sit there because of the way the statutes read and, and the roof settlement is at this point. Florida is the only state in the country that I know of that will not allow insurance companies to mandate actual cash value at a certain age. Again, by statute. Uh, so those things, both for the roofers and the attorneys, would go away with those legislative changes. Now, Whitney, over to you. You're hearing an insurance agent thinking of ways to restore the market, to stop the bad actors that are driving the litigation. We have over 100,000 lawsuits in our state. Most states have 1,000 or less. There's something wrong with that picture. But from your heart and your profession, how do you feel about insurance companies saying, you know, consumer, you buy a policy. Here's how it works. You get a lower premium and you're buying lower coverage uh, for your roof that depending on the age of it. What are your thoughts about that, Whitney? I'm okay with it if the policy cost is relative to that type of coverage. But from what we're seeing in the type of properties that I deal with, they're writing the policies with a lot of those exclusions even, water damage, restoration, and they're not changing the price of them. They're still these exorbitant increases every year. So, I mean, I'd, I'd have to see more of, of how that actually affects the cost of the policy because when you don't change somebody's monthly mortgage payment that they're trying to pay their car payment with or that could be feeding their kids, um, the lower coverage isn't what people are, are worried about. It's the cost. Ron, what would you say to that? Because we know there's a lot of factors into pricing insurance policies reinsurance, what happens around the world. What are your thoughts about seeing rates continuing to go up, but maybe coverages are changing? You're selling it. What are your thoughts? Uh, if you look at 2021, we had no significant storm activity in, in the state, yet the average insurance company, the what we call the combined ratio um, uh, of the insurance industry in, uh, for Florida domicile carriers was, was 112. And what that means simply is for every dollar the Florida carriers took in, they paid out a dollar twelve. Um, if you go back to to uh, to 2019 and 20, where we still didn't really have a significant amount of storm activity, the last major hurricane we had was Irma in September of 17. But if you look at at 19 and 20, uh, that number was a dollar twenty seven. So again, a dollar twenty seven for every dollar uh, taken in, dollar uh, twenty seven paid out. Those numbers are just not sustainable. So the issue becomes. While I understand Whitney's point, and that's what the consumers think as well, if you're going to take something away from me, you, you have to give me something uh, you know, substan substantial in return. There's, there's so much uh, red ink going out at this point. It's difficult for that to happen, again, without these legislative changes where they can see light at the end of the tunnel and the reinsurance industry can see light at the end of the tunnel, um, which very much affects the pricing for the insurance carriers in Florida. So I think we're both saying the same thing. Whitney is saying we want our consumers to have coverage and a, and a respectable, affordable price. 
And what you're saying, Ron, is it would be affordable if we could get rid of some, cut out some of the fraud, the litigation, we could start getting some of these prices down. I think we're, we're trying to get to the same point. You know, Whitney, I think you had said earlier, kind of tell me what a premium was on average five years ago, you know, and then the same premium today. What's the difference, Whitney? Well, in Fort Lauderdale, I can tell you firsthand that um, on rental properties that that I have, the policy started out at twenty eight hundred per year. Um, the best case scenario I have now, four years down the road, is I think forty two hundred per year. Mm-hmm. That ends up getting passed on, unfortunately, to the renters. I'm not sure if you saw the news where we are now, South Florida, where I live and breathe here, is the most expensive rental market. Um, above New York City. And it's because these insurance costs are being passed on to the consumer in the rent capacity as well. So I asked Ron, if he were king for a day, what would you do? And he said, I'd take care of this roof problem. And I'm and I have some text messages I was going to read you from a roofer that wrote a friend of mine. Um, I'll just read you a couple in a minute and let you react to those. But Whitney, in your shoes, if you were running an insurance company, not even an agent like Ron, and you knew this was hitting you every day, sometimes these companies get 50, 75, 100 lawsuits a day just because it's a litigation factory in a lot of cases. What would you do? What would, what would you say to legislators to try to get this fixed? Yeah, Ron's definitely right, but I think it's the tip of an iceberg. I believe that most people are good, and in any industry, you're going to have some fraud. People are going to take advantage of the benefits. However, when the fact that these homeowners are allowed and can be sometimes tactively pressured to sign their assignment of benefits over to contractors, to roofers, adjusters, etc., um, a lot of these people don't even know that this stuff is happening. They've simply signed a piece of paper that allows these contractors to act on their behalf. And I know people firsthand that are shocked what happened and have never would have went through it to the to the level that these different companies have squeezed every dime they can out of the insurers. So um, that assignment of benefits claim, I feel like, you know, really needs to be changed in a way of, of awareness for a homeowner, because a lot of these people wouldn't have gone through to the level of this fraud if they have known what was happening. They have no idea what they signed. No idea. The three of us realize that the consumer is the loser here. The consumer is the loser. You've got the consumer that's paying the exorbitant premiums. They're trying to buy or afford to stay in their current homes. And then they get locked in by an unscrupulous bad actor at the front door. And, of course, one of my themes in previous podcasts is people you know come to your back door. People you don't know come to your front door. Don't answer your front door. And I've tried to, <laughs> I've tried to educate uh, consumers all over the state with that. So the consumer is the one that's losing here. And I and it, there are other ideas that are being considered by the legislature, and I'll give you just a couple more for you to react to. But first I want to read to you some text messages. I have 16 of them. Um, we may put them in show notes. We may not. It doesn't really identify who they're from. Um, but this roofer is texting back and forth with a colleague of mine, and he says, we will give you a $200 referral and lim- unlimited if you send us to some of your neighbors uh, for the free roof. And he said, do you have, st-? he asked the homeowner, do you have stains in your interior? And my friend said, well, they're, they're old. He said, that doesn't matter at all. Just don't point out that they're old, but don't tell them they're brand new either. So he's coaching this particular homeowner on what to say. He said, 
I will tell you exactly what to say to your insurance company. I'll need to see those spots, but we will help get them paid for. So, and, and, and I could tell you more, but this is just typical of the behavior that we're seeing. We have to applaud the chief financial officer of our state who recently arrested some bad roofers, and I think he's probably working with a couple of task forces to do more. And the Florida Roofing and Sheet Mill Association has been steadfast, a fabulous organization that's been trying to make sure that their members and their industry tries to clean up their own act, much like the insurance agents and the realtors do. So to move on from roofs, other ideas that are out there to try to make things better is to tackle the litigation. And, you know, when the lawyers get involved, and I have lots of friends that are, it's always expensive. We know that. So from your standpoint, Whitney, do you believe that, and you've got lots of lawyers down where you are, do you believe that if we curtail some of this litigation, try some alternative disputes, what do you see as a way to try to get out from some of this litigation? You hear about the litigation in your neck of the woods. What are your thoughts about the runaway litigation? Yeah, so it's going to be difficult because how much money is actually made from from all of the the industry and, and the multiple i call them you know kind of robotic uh litigation that just they just bill these insurance companies you know almost with their eyes closed and multiple multiple claims but um you, you're gonna have to they're gonna have to understand that this is gonna come at a cost to somebody and the attorneys and these larger law firms that this is all they focus on they're gonna take a hit so the legislators are going to have to have the political courage to stare down some of these big law firms who may uh, donate to certain areas that um, they're going to have to take a hit. And it, it's going to have to come from top down, the legislator down. Thank you for that, Whitney. I mean, political courage, we have to hope that our legislators have that. And I really appreciate that comment. Uh, Ron, back to you, you know, you're in the vortex. You see what happens when litigation ensues. You've got customers who are unsuspecting that are involved in litigation and don't even know it. Tell me your thoughts about what's going on in that arena. Well, I think sometimes it's easy to take your, your eye off the ball in that while there are bad actors among attorneys, just like there are in any industry, at the end of the day, most of these lawsuits are filed because they're legal and and you know they're there's uh they're doing it because the opportunity exists so it really goes back to those items that allow florida to be such a breeding ground for litigation um but we we need to think about and the legislators need to think about alternatives to that such as binding arbitration and other ways to to be able to resolve things uh but again until those basic changes are made that that make it far less appealing for an attorney or a public adjuster or a roofer to go, you know, solicit or spread the word that that uh, you know it's free roofs for everybody. It, it it's going to be difficult, very difficult. Thank you for that. And I know myself um, in my neighborhood, there have been solicitors in my neighborhood, and my neighbors have said they told me I could get a free roof, and we know nothing's free. I'll kind of close with this, gentlemen. I hear all the noise in the marketplace, listening to the trade associations talk, listening to state leaders. I watch the governor's press conferences, and I say noise very respectfully. One particular leader has said, I'm going to wait for Senate Bill 76 to work. And Senate Bill 76 was passed last year, 40-some-odd page bill, had a lot of great provisions that would kind of make things better. But when it got over the finish line, it was watered down and you know, testimony on the Senate floor was that it only did 40% of what needed to be done. 
What's your reaction to that, Ron? You followed every letter in that piece of legislation. You were on the front lines trying to get it passed. Give me your thoughts about that. Well, I, I think, it, you know, at the time, we were all extremely excited when literally on the last day of the Senate session, um, it, everything that consumers needed to really make a difference um, got passed the Senate. And then when it made it to the House, um, what wound up passing the eventual Senate SB 76 was only about 40 percent of, of the original of what left the Senate. And the biggest part of that that was missing was roof reform, which we've already talked about earlier, uh, but that's the most significant part that was missing. And then unfortunately, probably two to three weeks after 76 was passed and, and Governor DeSantis signed it, um, another significant part of it, which was the roof and, and public adjuster solicitation uh, aspect of it, was, was shot down by an injunction of the appellate court. So at this point, the only part of it that's, that's left is, in my opinion, very insignificant. Um, so when, when the legislature talks about uh, we're going to wait for 76 to really take hold, there's really not any meat there that, that it can have a significant difference, make a significant difference to the consumer at the end. And I will also give you this statistic, Ron. Uh, part of that bill had what was called the notice of intent to initiate litigation. They call it a noidal. Don't you love that? And right now, first quarter of 2021, there are 10,000 of those pending, which means that's 10,000 more pending lawsuits. So litigation really has not decreased with those kind of in the hopper, unfortunately. And that's what's so frustrating is for those to say that litigation is down when it's really not. Right. And Whitney, that affects you. You know, you're in the legislative arena. You may not have been on the front lines of this, but I know that you that you follow legislators and how they act and what they do. So if you were going to educate our audience on the message to legislators, those that are advocating and seeing their members in their districts, what would you tell them to say? I would tell them to ask their legislative leaders to take some responsibility. I would ask to know when... Governor DeSantis put out his memorandum that they were going into special session. Most all of them acted like about time. And gosh, I was wondering when that was going to happen to kind of act like they were doing something to be responsible for this, this special session. But in reality, where were they? Where were they when 76 is appealed and now sitting in a junction on some of its most important topics? Where were they when this bill got extremely watered down and roof reform is left out? Um, you know, that's what I would ask. Where, where were they when this bill was passed? Whitney, I'm going to beseech you, as my Sunday school teacher used to tell me, to come to Tallahassee the week of May 23rd. And Ron, I'm going to do the same thing for you. And with that, I am so grateful that the two of you seasoned veterans are caring and working and advocating for a better market. This is all about the consumers in this state. This really has nothing to do with insurance agents and insurance companies and real estate agents. It's about the people in their homes trying to keep their homes or buy their homes. And what they're experiencing to me is pure, awful tyranny in a lot of cases when people are knocking on their door, pressuring them to do things and they don't know what to do. So all we can do is hope that we can find the right solutions at the right time to turn this market around because you cannot sustain what's going on right now. The real estate market can't. The insurance 
companies cannot sustain the hundreds of millions of dollars of losses, and more importantly, the consumers can't stand it anymore. I thank you again. I'm grateful to Ron Assee, Senior Vice President of Horton Personal Insurance in beautiful Estero, Florida. Thank you again for being on the Florida Insurance Roundup and giving us your insight and your 40 years of experience about what you're seeing. And I just can't thank you enough for being here, Ron. With an honor and a pleasure. And Whitney, indeed a pleasure to meet you. For those of our listening audience, he reached out to me, found me on the internet, and we've just had some great conversations. I will consider him our South Florida eyes and ears in the real estate market. He runs the Dutton Group at REMAX First, this incredible real estate agency if you're looking for someone in Tri-County. Whitney, thank you. Thanks so much. I had a great time. And we hope that all of you will get engaged in the next 30 days, reaching out to your legislators, telling them what's important to you, sitting down with them and telling them, as I like to say, a day in your life as an insurance professional, a consumer, a real estate professional, contractor, whatever it is you're doing, so you can put real thought and help them put real thought in what they're going to do in this special session in about a month. As State Senator Jeff Brandis who many of you know has been the, a leader in this state pushing for this special session, saying to the governor and the Senate president and the speaker, we got to do something. As he pointed out, this is an unstable market, and the Florida legislature basically left homeowners exposed to a perfect storm of rising rates, limited coverage, and diminishing options because it failed to pass the reforms that should have been passed earlier this year. Let's hope that changes May 23rd. Until then... You can actually tell us what you think by sending us an email to Lisa Miller at lisamillerassociates.com. That's Lisa Miller at lisamillerassociates.com. Or if you just want to call us, 850-388-8002. That's 850-388-8002. That's our Florida Insurance Roundup for today. Thank you for being a part of it. And remember, we have a passion for policy and client success. I hope to see you here the end of May. We'll be happy to host you as we walk the halls and make a difference. Until then, stay safe. This has been Lisa Miller and Associates' Florida Insurance Roundup, your podcast on the people, issues, and regulations shaping Florida's insurance market. For more information on today's program, please visit us on the web at www.lisamillerassociates.com.